the last time we uh, recorded, by the way, we actually recorded, we clicked at the exact same moment and aligning it was very, 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 very simple. Wonderful. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to time it so that I hit okay before you actually say go because I nice. know there's some latency. Yeah, nice. I'm trying awesome. to preemptively click okay. That is the sign of a good co-host. Yeah. Welcome to Active Discourse, the Technology Roundtable podcast. Today is one of the biggest days of the year for us. Both Bo and I are planning on replacing our phones this year, and Samsung has unveiled the first candidate that Bo will be considering. Uh, But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am your co-host, Brett, the iPhone user on the show. And I'm your other co-host, Bo, and I'm the Android-leaning villain of the day. Villain is a hard word, but you gave it to yourself, so... Antihero? Antihero, yeah. I'll take it. It's it's popular in all the TV series going on right now. It's all about the anti-heroes. Yes. So before we dig into the Galaxy S20 uh, launch, let us discuss a little bit of follow-ups. So briefly, last time uh, Bo discussed um, his 15-inch Dell is having some battery issues. So yeah, tell so us what you did. It was shutting down um, if I took it out of the out of the wall power. So if I unplugged, unplugged from the, the wall and just went on battery within like 10 minutes, the whole thing would just shut down. And, um, just by looking at the windows event log, it said it was kernel 41, some kind of power error. And I was assuming it was a battery issue, uh, because obviously it only happened when I was on battery. Uh, so I ended up looking for a battery replacement, which at this point Dell doesn't even sell on their website anymore. Um, but I found some on Amazon and by looking around, it sounded like they're, they're literally just, um, relabeled Dell batteries because obviously companies just buy these up, um, and then start selling them down the road when Dell stops selling them. So, I picked one up from a third party, but it is, after I got it, you can see that the label is just stuck over the, the Dell logo that's imprinted on there. So, uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a Dell battery and, uh, seems legit, seems legit. Yep. Seems legit. So yep. I, I <laughs> opened up my laptop and, uh, put the battery in there and once I got it powered up and it did power up, it seems to be running fine. I left it off, off the plug for a while and just let it sit on battery and it didn't shut down so it's looking good nice nice now fair warning if if you're mm -hmm. gonna open up a laptop um it's it's relatively safe but yeah don't be fooled (laughs) because i when i was going to get the so i took all the screws off and then i was going to take the bottom plate off and i kind of slid my fingers under the edge and it cut me like (laughs) <laughs> on the fingertips, oh, like not under the nail, but close to you know the like the top of your finger, you yeah, know, where you'd slide, and it's the weirdest place to have cuts. I bet. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> so, just beware. Other than that, it was a total success. That's great. How long have you gone without your laptop being able to be used without being on the charger? So essentially, not on your desk. Really, not that long. I hadn't even really noticed because. I kept it on the charger quite often. Um, it it really was when I took it out of my home. So I'd I'd take it out for if I was leaving for a holiday or something, or 
or whatever. And, um, that's really when I noticed is that if I wasn't plugging it in, then within a few minutes, it wouldn't, it would shut down. So, uh, but it, it really wasn't that often. I think it only happened to me five times tops. I, I identified it and diagnosed it pretty quickly. I was not going to have it. And so I guess we since we're talking about follow-up, honestly, I think I do have one quick thing to throw in here as well. It's not on the list, but um, I want to throw it out there that I had a second set of AirPods as well that I found. I, you remember that, right? Yeah, in the snowbank. Yeah, so I had two <laughs> sets of AirPods for a while. And so my first set of AirPods was dying, and you know this is inevitable. They're about two years old. They're small batteries, and they are probably going to die soon. And they're showing their ends of signs of their lives right now. And maybe this is appropriate, but I lost the second set. <laughs> I don't know where it is. So all I'm left with, unfortunately, is the worst set, the set that is dying, the oldest set that I own, and not the newer set, which is, it was definitely a newer, the battery life was always better on the the set that I found, and I have no idea where they are. No idea You're where continuing they are. the cycle, and someone else will find them in a snowbank. I really do hope so. I really do hope someone else find find those and give them a good long life. Yep, pay it but, forward. Um, otherwise, they're hidden. Otherwise, I lost them underneath my bed, and I'll find them when I move. I don't know. That's but, that's less exciting and far less interesting as a story. I'd still probably use them, but either way. <laughs> so I decided to buy. I, I I needed to get new AirPods because my AirPods are one of the most used technology gadgets in my life right now, and. So uh, it, it it was getting time and I looked around my house for a couple of weeks, couldn't find them. I'm like, all right, well, that's too bad. So I bought a set of AirPod Pros and they are in my hand right now. And I've had them for 24 hours because these things are on back order like crazy. I, did you disinfect them like we had discussed? <laughs> Actually, I didn't. I was so excited to get them. I just popped them in my ear. Oh, man. So. <laughs> No, so I for, for have, the uh, well, I was going to say for those unaware, but that's literally everyone but us because uh, we talked about yeah. it offline. Because um, with the oh no, I think I might have, I can't remember if I edited it out or if it's going in the episode that is still to be released. Okay, but, so well, anyway, it might yeah. be in the previous episode, but uh, at one point we had talked about how these were produced during the dormancy of the coronavirus kind of outbreak that's happening mm-hmm. right now, and yep. so. Uh, <laughs> The idea was to disinfect these as soon as you open the box, but uh, I don't know. I, you might want to quarantine yourself now. <laughs> do have a small cough as well, but it's only been you know twenty four hours since I've had them. Okay, so. but uh, yeah, but I like them. They are very unique. They they sound great. They really really do sound just amazing, and the transparency mode is pretty sweet. Okay, so topic for today, every February is the time for the S-series line, and in August, the Note series line, etc. Unpacked 2020. With the Galaxy S line being updated, Bo finds himself in the position to consider upgrading his Galaxy S9 Plus to possibly the Galaxy S20 and anything in the S20 series. So there's a couple of them this year. Uh, he previously committed to updating once every two years, but we're all wondering if what he saw in the Galaxy S20 is what he's looking for or not. So let's dig in. Yeah, let's let this so, this year's Android Bachelor begin. You know, it's not just S20 because, I don't know, I, I think that you should not just 
limit yourself to Samsung, but we'll talk about that. So uh, first and foremost, your S9 Plus, how is it holding up and are you itching to upgrade at all? It's performing really nicely. I'm still really happy with it. And I still actually have Android 10 and One UI 2.0 on the way. Uh, and actually, there I this is pretty off the cuff because I'm not 100% sure on this. It's just a date that I saw. But T-Mobile could potentially push it out February 23rd. So it could be as soon as the end of this month that mm-hmm. I start to see that update. Uh, it sounded like the other character... Car- uh, carriers we're going to start receiving it sometime in march so i think i'm on the right carrier guys <laughs> any idea whether or not unlocked is in the u.s is already getting it or not i'm still not sure on that i would assume that unlocked may have already received it but yeah i'm, I'm not okay. sure how, how are you feeling though with android 10 like do you feel like you really need it other than the uh playstation controller support like we talked about last <laughs> month really that's the only thing that i miss on a kind of maybe not daily, but a frequent basis. It's just kind of a sticker. Even as is the S nine plus performs really well. I, I have no issues with it. Um, in terms of usability or, or performance, it's, it's still a great device. As we go through things today with the various models of the S 20, I think we're going to maybe see some things that are enticing and some that aren't. And, and, uh, I guess we'll get into those as we pull them out of the the huge list that that these models have. Okay, so before we dig into the S20 then, how about the Note line? Does not necessarily the 2019 Note, but any theoretical potential Note line in general. Does that entice you at all? Well, after seeing this. Technologically, yes, because okay. we're tech people, right? So, sure. They're when they come out, they're arguably the most advanced smartphone there's ever been. Um, so looking at them and looking at spec sheets, yeah, they look really impressive and um, I'm sure I'd be fine with it. Uh, but compared to to something like the S line, I just don't know that the Note offers things that I would even really use. Like the, the pen is really the, the differentiating feature. And I, we mentioned this in a previous episode, maybe it was the the Galaxy Tab S6 revisit. Um, the the pen is really for me. It's a tablet thing. It's not something I I would see myself using on a phone, which really is the the feature that you might get a Note for. So, as much as I really like the the specs on the Note, and even the size is is fine with me. Um, I I just don't know that the 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 pen does enough for me, uh, especially with the Note and the S lines kind of almost starting to converge in certain ways, which I'm sure we'll get into at, po- at certain points today. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing that Samsung has been doing because I know that the standard Note 10 line, it's basically an S10 with an with an S Pen. Right. So it's interesting. Okay, so also the other thing that was announced that I guess we'll see if we flip the script on this show, but I'm assuming you don't want to get the Galaxy Z Flip and we probably don't want to focus on it but is that something that you're gonna be interested in buying i'm not gonna buy it but it's so awesome it's so cool it was one of our previous episodes we kind of talked about where things are heading and and the things that i was really excited for was different form factors so i'm really really excited that and it's not only samsung but motorola 
and and Microsoft are getting into these alternative form factors where we're not just stuck to black slabs anymore. We can we can get uh, folding in different uh, forms too. So phones that fold out to tablets, or we're we're getting back to clamshells now. Which yep. uh, if we can get back that satisfying snap to flip open and close the phone, then we'll really regain something that was lost and. We, we we will all be better off for it. That snap was a pretty solid way to hang up a phone. Honestly, <laughs> it was. nothing will, it nothing was. will get over the hanging up a phone by slamming it on the receiver. Yeah, the clamshell snap was close. I'm on the same page. Uh, the actual flipping up, I don't think is as useful as the Galaxy Fold per se, because I do, as you said, like the idea of the to folding a tablet essentially into something that can fit in your po- pocket. But the uh, most important thing I really want to say on this is the fact that this Z Flip uses foldable glass. So I, I think that when we talked about the Galaxy Fold, we talked about it on uh, episode zero that I don't believe we actually ended up actually releasing. But I know that one of the big things that we talked about was the fact that we wanted to see the galaxy fold with foldable glass. And we had thought at that time that this is something that was many, many years away and not even a whole year later, we've now seen the first generation of consumer foldable glass and Mm -hmm. that it, it, whether or not it's uh, a good foldable glass or not remains to be seen. But it doesn't matter. We have a first generation of foldable glass. The second generation will be better. The third generation will be better. And then fourth generation is probably when the iPhone uses it. And then we get to see it in full use. And Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited we, about that. We, we really should keep an eye on this and see how the flip holds up over time. It's also worth noting that the flip sold out like on day one. Yeah. So sales were very high, um, which is super interesting. Yeah, I'm so glad that they've, a... I'm glad that they've introduced a folding phone that is cheaper than the Galaxy Fold. The Galaxy Fold is two thousand dollars, and mm. the uh, Z Flip is fourteen hundred dollars. So it's still too more too much too expensive, but it is a lot of technology. So right, it's interesting. All to say that we are very excited by it, and we're glad it exists, but don't think either of us are personally going to buy it. Right, right, okay. So we are looking at the S20 series possibly for you then. So uh, I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to share any picks per se from these because I'll have thoughts going forward essentially, but let me know uh, your first pick essentially for uh, a feature that is shared by all models that you're excited about. The 120 Hertz refresh rate for the displays. Okay. Okay. So that that is going to make things look much smoother. Animations will be more seamless. Uh, videos, everything you do on your phone is going to be affected by this. Even just scrolling through feeds, things are going to be a lot smoother. Uh, the, the one caveat with this is that you're only going to get the 120 hertz refresh rate if you're using full HD, which is 1080p. You're, you're, you're not going to get 120 hertz when you're on quad HD or 1440p. That is something that I have found just so strange. So first and foremost, 1080p on this display should still look perfectly fine. Like 1080 on any small screen should look great. Even on my S9 Plus, 1080p looks great. It's hard to see a difference 
between 1080p and 1440p. So you have the choice on your phone right now, not to have the refresh, but to have a different resolution. Correct. Resolution options on it. I tried them out pretty much when I first got the phone. And I've been on 1080p the entire time because um, there doesn't seem... I mean, it's going to be a pretty negligible battery savings, honestly, because the pixels are still on. It's going to be a tiny amount of processing power to push the extra resolution, but overall it's going to be pretty negligible. But regardless, I don't see a huge difference between the 1080p and the higher 1440p. So uh, I, I think if I were to get the S20, I would be totally cool with using the 120 hertz refresh rate and just sticking with 1080p. Because on a, on a screen that size, you've still got the pixels so close together and with the OLED displays, the the contrast is still going to be great. It, it's, I mean, it's going to be quality, and I, I don't even know how much you're going to get from the higher resolution. Yeah. I do wonder why they went with 120 hertz instead of going with 90 hertz and possibly having the opportunity to uh, basically keep it at full resolution at 90 hertz instead of 120. Yeah. I do wonder that. Well, it makes me wonder if there's a developer option somewhere. To enable 90? Yeah, because you can tweak those things um, a lot of times without even rooting. It's a simple dev options screen uh, that you have to uh, kind of unlock. Um, so I, I do wonder if there would be an option in there for the refresh rate that's just not in the normal settings. Because I, I would hope maybe that it's not a complete lock to 60 hertz when you're on the higher resolutions uh maybe you can do 90 or or push it up to 120 uh that that would be interesting to see but again personally i think the 120 hertz full hd combo would be absolutely still stellar looking yeah and it and it totally is because i have recently when all these rumors have been going around about high refresh rate phones coming out specifically the iPhone in 2020 is supposed to have a high refresh rate as well, which I am very excited about. So on my iPad, I decided to tinker with it to see what turning off the 120 hertz refresh rate uh, does. And I hate it. I love, love, love the 120 hertz refresh rate. And when I turn it off and everything is at 60 exclusively, I... I, I don't think I know a, a single setting that I turned back on faster because I was scrolling <laughs> and as I was looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. But what's what's also wild is the fact that it's per device because I don't see it at all on my iPhone because I've never seen it on that phone. Like our human brains are just so weird where as soon as you see it on something that is a similar size and shape, you expect that. But when your brain shifts to a totally different mentality going somewhere else, you don't expect that. I don't expect that on my TV. I'd love to have it on my TV because I know how amazing it would look, but I don't expect it there because I've never seen it there. And same thing with the phone. But now that I've seen it on my iPad, I have to have it there. (laughs) So, okay. So what is a second pick? And that might not necessarily be shared by all models that you're excited about. Well, the the fourth camera is cool on the upper model, but... uh... I think the 16 gig RAM option for the ultra is probably mm-hmm. my second pick just because why not have as much RAM in a phone as I do in my laptop? I, I find that so crazy. I would hope that would have a stronger use necessarily for decks, I guess. Um, 
but I just, I, I've, I know mobile apps use less RAM in general than desktop apps. And so I just don't know what exactly 16 gigabytes of RAM really does if all the apps are relatively lightweight anyway. But well, I, I, I think I think partially it's a numbers game, sure. but Samsung is pushing Dex increasingly. So uh, with Dex on Windows and on desktops, especially, you're you're you'd essentially be able to either have your phone as uh, a standalone computer, you just hook up to a monitor and you're good, or you hook it up to your existing desktop and use apps uh, as is in Windows or in Mac. And and so that that facet of this is going to keep growing. And I, I think the RAM plays at least a little bit of a, a part in that. So having extra RAM in your phone and being able to drive a desktop uh, through that device is going to be something that we see more and more often. Yeah, but it's also only for the Ultra, and I believe it's also only for the model that has 512 gigabytes. It's just interesting. It's nice to have the option there, but I believe the base yeah. RAM for all models is still 12 gigabytes. Which it's is 12 gigs, lot. which is still huge for a phone. Oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one feature that I heard the Android Central podcast talk about was being able to lock certain apps into RAM, which sounds like actually a pretty awesome feature because on my Mac mini, I have, I have a, a, a little bit of extra RAM to spare because when I upgraded the RAM, I decided to just go a little bit more so that I didn't ever have to open up, open it up ever again. And there's this op, this function where you can create a, a RAM drive and it's completely temporary. Whenever you turn off your computer, it deletes the RAM drive. But anything stored in there is like a, a hard drive that is put onto the RAM space. And if Samsung's doing that, that's actually pretty amazing. I That would make things super fast, by the way. Yes. Oh, it'd make it wildly fast. Totally. So yeah. I, I, I know the Android Central podcast talked about that, and I would be... I think that if any one of these you get, you get, I think you should definitely experiment with that and see uh, if you can tell the difference between a app stored 100% in RAM all the time or not. So that'd be cool. Digging into these, all these different models, there's three different models and all sorts of different options at each different model. And I can't help but think about the different price points. And I think that I, I can't help but wonder whether or not Apple might have pulled a fast one on Samsung this last year. Uh, so last year they la- they labeled their iPhone 11 esque phone as the iPhone 10R, which people would see as oh hey it's the iPhone 10 but it is lesser in some way shape or form. That that R modifier is like the C modifier a couple years ago where people hated the iPhone C because it was the quote unquote cheaper model. But by Apple calling the iPhone 11 the iPhone 11, this is the phone everyone should get. And then the Pro is there for people who want to do more with their phone. I wonder whether or not Apple pulled a fast one on Samsung by releasing a product that does have some trade-offs, but is dramatically cheaper than the baseline S20 that theoretically Samsung is saying this is the one everyone should buy unless you want to switch to the A-series, which has the iPhone XR, the iPhone 5C problem. Actually, I I think it comes down to branding in this case. And I think 
Apple did do a great job of that. Agreed. Uh, Samsung actually said that they're going to continue producing the S10 series. Yep. And reduce the price by, I think it was $150. Yeah, and, yeah, that's the Apple model. They do that all the time, right? Yeah, that puts the S10 series kind of in the same position as uh, the 10R or something like that. Uh, and the S10 line was very, very good. Yes. So having that as a cheaper option to the S20s is a smart move by Samsung. So I, I think it really is a branding thing. Yep. So in terms of the device lines, they're very similar, but I think Apple wins this round in terms of naming things. Yeah, in terms of naming things, absolutely. And I so looking at the 11 versus the S20, that is probably the hardest compare. Everything else, I believe, you know, looking at the 11 Pro versus the S20 and the 11 Max versus the S20 Plus, Right. Um, those two, it's more or less just falls on the party lines. Overall, the the uh, products are o- overall pretty similar between the two of them. Um, and it just depends on whether or not you want an iPhone or if you want a Samsung phone. But with the 11 and the S20, I, I just can't, I can't get this out of my head. Someone going into like Best Buy or into a carrier store and they're saying, I want to get an iPhone or a Samsung. Let's look at, you know, the, the best normal person iphone and the best theoretically normal person samsung phone the 11 and the s20 um they're going to see the price tag of 699 versus 999 the iphone trade-offs it's an lcd it is technically worse but it is also one of the best lcds out there it has two cameras it only has 64 gigabytes of ram 64 gigs of ram sorry you mean storage sorry 64 gigabytes of storage (laughs) you can upgrade to 128 to match the uh, s20 for an extra $50, which is still $250 less, but you still don't have the LCD. It's still a bigger phone, but it does have excellent battery life. Whereas the S20, it's going to have 5G. It's going to have OLED. It's going to have an extra camera. It's going to have 8K video recording, which you can talk about that later. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Technically speaking, the S20 obviously has a lot of edges, but it does. Um, People just walking in and comparing them, you're right. I'm, I'm not sure how much benefit they're going to see. Uh, it depends on how much weight they place on like, oh man, this 5G stuff sounds really fast. Right. The 5G stuff would probably be the thing that people would gravitate towards the most. Yeah. Um, and then these, there's the other concept that Samsung will probably drop the price of the S20 with deals and whatnot going on, which is a whole other thing that we're going to talk about probably relatively mm-hmm. soon. Um, and then, I don't know, like I've... Just in talking with people over the course of the last several years since there's been the conversation between OLED and LCD, that seems to be one of the biggest differences between these other than the three cameras. And I don't think I've talked to a single person who is not a tech enthusiast that really understands or cares what OLED is. And I love, 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 love my OLED iPhone 10, But Mm -hmm. I know for a fact no one was willing to buy that phone in 2017 for exclusively the OLED feature that's they bought it for other things because it was the first iPhone with edge to edge screen etc so but the OLED was just just came with it and I don't think that people really care uh, the S20 Ultra is a whole different thing um that's a beast of a phone it's huge it is. there isn't really anything comparable to it and I don't know. It's also really expensive. Just to put these all in kind of one spot, since we haven't mentioned it, the S20 starts at a thousand, the S20 Plus starts at twelve hundred, and the Ultra starts at fourteen hundred. Yeah. So, for the Ultra to be a true beast, 
you'd probably get the 512 gigabytes of RAM with, or there we go with the high amount of RAM again, <laughs> 512 gigabytes of internal storage with the 16 gigs of RAM. Um, I forget how much that bumps it up in cost, though. Is it uh, I want to see a hundred or something like that? Because that's gonna make it a true beast. And there's about a, there's a 500 milliamp hour difference for the battery as you go up in each model. So beginning at 4,000 for the base, 4,500 for the plus, and then 5,000 milliamp hours for the ultra. And honestly, it, it probably just needs it. Yeah, you're driving a lot of things on that ultra, so that battery is gonna be important. Yeah. So the S20 Ultra with 512 gigabytes of storage is $1,600. Okay, so 200 bucks for that extra level of memory and storage. Yeah. It's still cheaper than the Galaxy Fold. So did you have anything else to talk about on the, um, the model breakdown? So there is a, also a fourth camera that is added on that Ultra model. So they, they talked a lot about Zoom. And okay. how, yep. how well you could zoom. So I think it was like a four to five times uh, zoom that you could get. And there there is some combination of digital zoom and optical zoom here. Yeah. So the second, there's one of those cameras on the Ultra. And uh, it has a 10, the, the lens itself has a 10x zoom, uh, optical zooms, which is wild for a smartphone, I think. Yeah. And then it zooms up to a hundred X using digital like, right magicry, which, which is, again is digital. So it's not super different from just zooming in on a photo after you've already taken it. I don't like the idea of it, but I, I guess it can exist. Sure. So yeah, mm-hmm. that said the, the, the actual zooms that it does have the optical zooms are very impressive. And uh, you, I mean, there's a couple examples on their their promo page that show the what was it they said find the photo you didn't even know was there or something like that sure <laughs> because you're you're able to zoom in on on such specific pieces of of the photo so there definitely is some impressive stuff with that optical zoom but a, a lot of it also is to be aware of what when it becomes digital zoom and that it's not actually able to pick up on more detail than than what's there i i would imagine they're willfully ignoring that concept just so that they can get the the headline saying this phone can zoom in 100x which is wild and that's fine the marketing team can do that wow you really are wise jerry i i guess that's why you work in advertising the thing that i find very strange is that the whole, every single model in the line can record at 8K video. And I can't believe that we already have that in a phone. It feels like we're a little bit too early to that because we most people don't even have 4K TVs in their houses yet. It, it seems like they just want to put that on the spec sheet, say it can record 8K now. Well, the content comes before the display though that's true i mean you have to have the content to be able to watch it on the display <laughs> at the yeah. resolution it was recorded in um yeah so i mean if you look even back to back to analog photography the resolution on that's actually very high but up until recently we didn't have displays that were capable of representing that faithfully 
Um, so digital, I think is going to be, uh, very similar where, you know, uh, we, I think, you know, we can look at Hollywood a little bit, even though they're obviously going to be using spec heavy stuff, but they'd be they They'll be recording in, uh, 8k and releasing movies in 8k long before anyone has, or long before the majority of people have 8k TVs on which to watch it. That that's fair. I just can't believe that we're jumping past 4K so quick because so many people have yet to jump to 4K, and it seems like just the natural thing to make 4K like standard across everyone's house before 8K really even becomes a consideration. But at this point, I don't know if I'm going to upgrade my TV until I can afford an 8K TV because of the fact that it seems like it's just coming so fast. But you know, whatever. The other thing that is weird about 8K on these phones is the fact that you can record it, but not on the primary sensor because the primary sensor on each of these phones is only 12 megapixels. And the an 8K is, I believe it's upwards of like 30, 33 megapixels per frame. And so obviously a 12 megapixel camera can't take that, but they do have a camera on each of their models that has at least 30, 36 uh, megapixels in dimensions and that is i believe on the smaller models the 3x lens and so in order to record in 8k you need to be zoomed in 3x in order to be able to record in 8k Um, it's possible to record in 8k on the primary lens on the ultra but you know if you're going to be recording you're going to spend like fourteen hundred dollars in order to get 8k at that you know not super zoomed in resolution so it's just it's weird well there there are certainly segments though where this is going to be huge because uh there's going to be youtubers that run with this with the 8k ability of the galaxy s20 models and people will be looking at those reviews and whether or not it has a direct influence it's going to play some part so at some level, there's always elements of just pure numbers game going into these spec sheets. So uh, I, if, you know, some people may, I don't even know if it will, I would assume it defaults to 8K or... Oh, I, I do know, I have heard that the default is not, is absolutely not 8K. That, that's kind of, kind of was thinking that because it's going to take a lot of storage and most people probably wouldn't use 600 it. 600 megabytes per yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, so for most people, they may not even turn it on or know that they have to turn it on or whatever. So yeah, um, it's, it's going to be a spec sheet thing for people watching reviews on YouTube and things like that. And maybe turning it on at that point, if they get the phone or, you know, if that drives them to get the phone. So it, it's going to yeah. play some part, but I don't think it'll be a, necessarily a, the top driving factor by any means. That's all I had to say on the S20s. Um, do you happen to have anything else to say on the S20s before we talk about possibly what model you're going to be end up getting? <laughs> so there's there's a couple things here that are worth noting. Number one, there is no headphone jack. That's yep. new since the previous S-series phone. Um, we've talked I'm... about this several times mm-hmm. on the show, and for the most part... We're disappointed, but we understand. <laughs> well, 
I, I, yes, we understand that everyone's just doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't completely get why such a small thing needs to be taken out. Um, I guess I've moved on. That's hence the AirPod Pros that are in my hand right now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Samsung needs to eat a little bit of um, humble pie for this because of the fact that they were really, really making fun of iPhone for a long time about not having that headphone jack. A little awkward, I think. But again, the, the they did this with the Note last year. so it's Right, not like it's and gonna... we talked about that when the Note yep. came out. So really no surprise here. Another kind of removal that, funny enough, people didn't like when it was added, but there will be people who don't like that it was removed, is the Bixby button, which was a dedicated button to activate the Bixby voice assistant. They removed it? They did. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Well, funny enough, many many people are actually going to miss this button because (laughs) there were apps like BX Actions that allowed it to be remapped to any action you'd like. And honestly, Samsung probably should have just kept it, but added the ability to remap it as a stock feature. Hmm. Samsung being the king of having every feature under the sun, it seems like it would have fit well just to keep the button and add the ability to remap it. I I don't know what considerations went into them removing it. I'm sure a lot of people were just asking for it and didn't even know that there was a third-party app to remap it. So that probably played a part, but... Worth noting. Yeah. Is this them giving up on Bixby? I don't know. I don't use it. Then again, I don't use voice assistants that heavily. Uh, I I use it pretty much when I'm driving, uh, which is Google Assistant, or sometimes I'll set a timer or something like that, reminders. But I'm, I'm not a heavy user of voice assistants. I've used Bixby maybe twice, and right. it's okay, but I don't know. I, but it's you use really... Google Assistant more, though, right? Yeah. I definitely use Google Assistant over Bixby. Yeah. I don't really completely understand why Samsung wanted to get into the smart assistance game because it's a solved problem mm-hmm. from Google's perspective anyway, but whatever. The thing that is nice about Bixby is that it does have a lot more power to change settings and things like that than Google Assistant does. So. Sure it has access to some of the more lower level uh, features. Um, It's a little bit more integrated in the OS. Don't know if that's enough to keep it around, but it's there. Anyway, anything else other than Bixby and Uh, it's just some final kind of spec sheet items. There's still a micro SD slot, so you can still expand your storage up to one terabyte extra. That's good. Uh, They're still water resistant, still wireless charging, and then I think that pretty much rounds it out. I did kind of want to talk about some aesthetics, just kind of surface level things yeah. briefly. Yeah. When we did our Note 10 episode, we were pretty impressed by the colors. Oh, yes. Right? Uh-huh. Remember the Aura Glow? Oh, very uh, much It so. kind of looked like the back of a CD. Yep. The colors for the S20 are pretty bland <laughs> relative to that. <laughs> That's uh, they've They've got two kind of... They've got four colors, two kind of broken into two categories. They got cloud and cosmic. So cloud blue, cloud pink, and then cosmic gray and cosmic black. They're very pastel. They're pretty boring, honestly. Um, I, I haven't seen them in person, so maybe they're more impressive, but I was not impressed by the pictures. Mm, and 
On top of that, we've got these camera enclosures that recent devices have taken on in the last few years. So the iPhone, the Pixel, uh, the Galaxy devices, the Notes, they all kind of have this solid imposing slab surrounding the rear cameras. And I think the S20's rear camera setup does look better than the iPhone 11's, but I still find it kind of ugly. Mm. So the iPhone has an arrangement where it's like three cameras arranged in more of a triangular pattern. Yep. Uh, With the S20, at least they're kind of squared off. They're, they're in a line or they're in a square formation. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it does look better, but I still don't know how I feel about having that big black raised area on the back of the phone. Yeah, the, cam- the camera bump sucks. I do not like the fact that everything has a camera bump these days. I don't like that. What do you think about the fact that there isn't a curved edge where you? I don't believe you can put... I believe they reduced the curve. Like it's still kind of there, obviously, because it's a yeah. curved piece of glass. They're definitely but, flatter. But right, I, like the screen doesn't stretch over the edge. The edge series is gone. I'm mostly fine either way. I actually like the curve on my S9 Plus. I know yeah. a lot of people have said they do, they don't like it, but I actually do. It feels really nice to swipe over. You know, I'm I'm fine if it's a little flatter, and if I I still would like there to be some curve, and so the S20 having flatter displays but still having a little bit of a curved having a little bit curved sides is probably fine i'd i'd have to interact with it but i aesthetically the s9 plus looks great with the curved edges and it feels great to use so okay uh, i'm really fine either way i suppose all right so let's let's get down to the brass tacks here do you think, just in general, of any of these S20s, are you going to get any one of these? I don't think I am. Oh. I don't I don't think I need this device. Okay. It seems, aside from the high refresh rate display, which is super yep. impressive, and, I, and I, I can't even imagine what it looks like and feels like to use, Aside from that, a lot of the other changes seem incremental. You know, the cameras are super impressive, but I don't think I need anything so extravagant, really. Yeah. The the RAM and battery improvements would be nice. Do you still at least get all day long on your current phone? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, probably even a day and a half, but you nice. know, anything over the day doesn't really mean much. If <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like great a half a day. So what do I do with that? Right. So, but it's it's just really not enough in the S20 to force my hand with the prices as high as they are. Uh, if if they come down, I might be interested. But as it stands, the S9 Plus still has Android 10 and One UI 2.0 on the way, like we talked about it on the front of the episode. Yep. So there's probably just enough potential here to keep me going until something more enticing or something that feels more necessary as an upgrade option comes along so I, I think i'm actually satisfied with my current phone situation so how about if there was any like pre-order bonus or trade-in deals is there anything that uh you would that would entice you to get it or really even if it's still roughly a thousand dollars and even if you get like the galaxy buds in a case and whatnot would that entice you at all or are you still not interested if you get all those extra i, th- I think there'd have to be a pretty decent uh bonus or deal 
uh, yeah. or a trade-in offer for my S9 Plus or something. And honestly, I don't think I would get the Plus or the Ultra. I probably would just get the base model because the the Plus and the Ultra are 6.7 and 6.9 inches, respectively. Big. So they're, they're quite large. What size do you have right now? S9 Plus, let me look it up real quick with my loud mechanical <laughs> keyboard. Yeah, so the 6.2 is a is a good size. It's roughly the same size as the iPhone 11. It's bigger than the iPhone 11 Pro. I think the but it's roughly comparable as well. It's only it's not even half an inch bigger. So it's a really good roughly comparable size. That's going to be the size that I'm going to get when I upgrade mine. I love the 6.2-ish, 5.8-inch size. So comparing the S9 Plus and the S20, we've got 6.2 versus 6.2. Same size. So the screen size is the same. Wow. Just a couple of years ago, 6.2 was considered big, and now it's considered normal. Funny. <laughs> it's been going that way for years. Do you remember? We should look up reviews sometime for those early days phones. Like, Oh, yeah, the, the um, Dell Streak just 5. Just read the yeah. ones, the Dell Streak, uh-huh. and the, when the Note first came out. Yeah. And, and those, those devices got railed when they were released because they were so massive. Oh, I, I remember having a Galaxy Nexus in 2011, and I loved it because that was the biggest phone that I ever had at the time. It was huge at the time. <laughs> yeah, so just for reference, the original Galaxy Note had a 5.3-inch display. Yeah, and now a, a normal-sized phone is 5.8 inches. Now, obviously, there's a lot less bezel all around them, but at the same time, it's still... Yeah. I. I kind of want to buy one of those old phones and just kind of use it for a little while just to kind of play around with it and see what they look like in hand and whatnot. I loved my Note 3 that I had in college. That thing was awesome. Um, It'd be kind of cool to have it around these days. So, interesting. All right, so the S20 is not currently interesting to you. I think that we should, you know, follow up at some point just to see if there's any... Uh, trade-in deals that pop up because I would imagine so Samsung's very very generous with saying oh you've bought a Samsung phone before just trade that back into us and we'll give you like I swear to god they probably might give yeah, you like a couple six, hundred bucks seven hundred dollars yeah. for it they've I swear I have seen that before um, I don't know if that's for a model newer per se than the S9 but I think that we should we'll follow up in the future just to see if there's anything wild that they do for you but because I know they're good at that so but interesting. Yeah, turn of I certainly will keep my eye on it because um, Android 10 will be my last update with the S9 Plus. I yeah. won't get anything beyond that. So if I'm looking for new features and such, it's going to have to be from a new phone. Yep. And um, I do really like Samsung's phones and their ecosystem is really enticing right now, uh, especially since I have a Tab S6 and things like that. But other manufacturers are I'm totally still open to them and uh I think with uh Microsoft kind of entering the game like mm-hmm. uh player 2 has pressed start <laughs> uh I think things could start to start to get interesting especially with the new form factors so I'm I'm not locked into Samsung by any means but they're they're certainly doing the best at having uh, a high number of features and great specs. So, so let's say the Fold 2 launches in the spring and it's roughly the same price as the Galaxy Flip. Would you be interested in that? 
so it's cheaper than the first generation fold that would have foldable glass uh maybe yeah i don't know it's it's, it's so still expensive though right yeah yeah all right well cool then we have quite a lot of subject matter to talk about over the course of the year we'll i'll be finding phones and putting them in your face and saying do you want to buy this instead <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this what do you think about this <laughs> we're gonna have some fun with that so all right well that's too bad for at least the s20 but i think that'll be that'll be good and that'll make this year really exciting to see so but also great to know that your s9 is doing well i feel the same way about my iphone 10 it's time to put it on the wall of fame for me but you know yeah people i'm sure people will be listening with bated breath for the the day when i announce that my s9 plus is being upgraded but for now you'll just have to wait and our album art gets to remain the same as well. I'm so happy with our album art lately that I did not want yeah. to change it so soon. So it gets to stay around yeah. for a little while longer. So Plus, we just had stickers made. Uh-huh. I, I have to wait, really. <laughs> I have no choice. Yes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll distribute those stickers all around. So to round out this episode, we got some picks to talk about. Small things, interesting things, and I think that you should start. Okay. So mine is was very timely. I came across uh I came across it on Reddit this morning. Oh. It's it's uh I saw a little gif of it and I showed it to Steph and she thought it was super funny and cute and everything. It's something it's called Bug Cat Kapoo. Bug Cat Kapoo, okay. Yeah, and it's it's very similar to Pusheen. Do you know of the Pusheen cat and things like that? I do not. It's like this little cartoon cat. I'm opening it up now well, though. So this is, is, it's called Bug Cat Kapoo. You can find it on Instagram at Bug Cat underscore Kapoo, C-A-P-O-O. Um, oh, a- and if you just search for Bug Cat Kapoo, you'll find a whole bunch of okay. stuff. And it's it's like comic strips and, and just kind of funny, cute photos of this cartoon cat. And <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Steph was a big fan of it because she loves Pusheen, so <laughs> this is just adding to her, her list of adorable cat oh my God. cartoons or whatever. And some of them, some of the comic strips were super funny too. So there's okay. So the first one that popped up on Instagram is uh, the blue cat. It is a blue cat, and there's a dog sitting in its uh, little chair and the cat is sleeping and the cat in his dream is getting chased by broccoli and the dog sees that the cat is getting chased by broccoli and so it reaches into the dream and removes the broccoli and then replaces the broccoli <laughs> with the chicken drumstick and now the cat's all happy <laughs> dreaming about eating chicken <laughs> gorging on a chicken drumstick <laughs> oh that's funny man yeah and there's other ones where um it's there's a lot of interactions with the dog or with a rabbit or things like that. And I think at certain points, like I w- or the way that I would describe bug cat Kapoo is wholesome and kind of brutal. <laughs> cause at some points it'll eat the dog cause it's hungry uh-huh. <laughs> or it's like sharing. It's got two straws in a cup with uh, the bunny, I think. And it, drank so hard through its straw that it drank the bunny through <laughs> its straw <laughs> it's like what in the world <laughs> all right i'll share i'll share a link to this instagram in the show notes and update the album art to uh 
take a look at the album art right now just to see an example of what in the world this is because this is a wild thing all right yeah cool man <laughs> so what have you got what have you what are you picking for today all right not following the small thing here because this was an expensive purchase but i got something this last week because i am on the last year of my iphone uh upgrade cycle i'm trying to go three years and i'd like to keep on going three years with phones but lately i've just been running into a situation where I should have probably upgraded to the iPhone 11 Pro this last year because of the fact that it does take better photos. And a couple years ago, I decided that I no longer wanted to own a DSLR because I didn't use it nearly as much and I was happy enough at the time with the iPhone 6S camera quality. And it, it is fine in general for everyday stuff. And I do take more photos with my phone than I do with a DSLR. But there have been a few instances over the course of the last couple of months where I would have wanted to get a better photo than my phone can take. So my wife has been doing aerial dancing as a hobby recently. This is a great hobby that she's just absolutely been loving lately. She's suspended in an air doing challenging flips and bends and whatnot, and it's a performance and... It's just, it's really great, and I really want to get some really nice photos of this so that we can enjoy those for the rest of our lives. Um, I've had fun taking photos of this with my iPhone, but overall, the photos that I've gotten, I haven't been extremely happy with. The room isn't studio lit per se, but it, it's not dark by any means either. It's it's not that dark, but it's dark enough, I guess, that my photos just aren't great. Um, and then we also went to Chicago this last uh, month to celebrate our anniversary. And my iPhone did fine, but again, just several instances where I'm looking at the photos on my iPad and I'm just not happy with the quality that I got. And uh, specifically, there was a a time that we were at the top of the Willis Tower where we wanted to get a photo of us in front of Chicago. And there's just no background. Like we could see ourselves, but the, the, the background of Chicago is just gone. And that really was deflating. So it's been growing and growing in my mind that I want to get a DSLR camera, um, or at least the historical sense of the DSLR camera anyway. So I decided to go out and buy a Sony Alpha A7 II. And Ah. yes, are you familiar with those? Not this one in particular, but... uh... It's a big boy camera. It's a big camera, yeah. So and it's actually smaller than my last DSLR that I had. And I, I, I'm going to use the word DSLR. It's interchangeable in my mind with mirrorless camera because this is a... It's basically a the exact DSLR that I had before. I've always liked the Sony cameras. I don't exactly know why too much, but I know that for the price, they've delivered good performance. I've been happy with them. And I shot with Sony throughout all of college, and I've loved them. And so that was the first one I I got drawn to, in addition to the fact that over the course of the last several years, Sony has made a name for itself for doing a really killer job with their mirrorless technology. So I decided to buy a used A7 II, and that is a semi-professional grade camera. I'm really excited about it. And it is a full frame camera, which is something that I didn't think i'd ever own but it's a full frame camera and some of the photos i've gotten out of it are just absolutely killer and i'm i don't really have much more to say about it other than the fact that over the course of the weekend i've really 
had a lot of fun uh, taking photos of my cat and my wife with him. So, and I, basically, in summary, the camera is in my mind right now because of the fact that eventually when I do have kids, I'm going to have a, a DSLR again. And that's because of the fact that I'm going to want the photos that I take of my kids in the future to be a photo that I can enjoy for the rest of my life. Not something that I'm going to look back on and say, if only I had a better camera when my children were born so that I could actually <laughs> see what they look like. So, <laughs> Cause it'll be so bad. You can't even tell what they look like. Just blurs and blobs. And that's a little, you know, that's a little harsh, obviously, because the, the, the iPhone camera is still quite good, but if the lighting isn't absolutely perfect, then it is a little dark and right. it, it, the the shadows get crushed and it's just wildly pixelated in a lot of different areas that I really just wish it wasn't. And I know with the DSLR, I will be able to kind of compensate for that a little bit better or at least be able to edit a little bit better to not have the black so heavily crushed. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm, as of right now, I'm probably going to end up having a camera in my upgrade cycle as well that'll probably be on a much much longer time scale like this camera is still going to be good 10 years from today iphone cameras may well be able to finally take equivalent photos 10 years from today and so i don't think that it's going to be 10 years that i keep it upgraded but it might be anywhere from five to seven years that i have that have that camera on a life cycle so yeah super cool yeah man so Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to share any feedback, uh, any comments or questions, uh, feel free to let us know at activediscourse at iCloud.com or reach out to us on Twitter. We are at activediscourse. This time we are wondering, what is your upgrade schedule? Uh, If your phone isn't breaking, if it overall works fine, but you just feel an itch, how often do you want to upgrade your phone what is your upgrade cycle i'm on a two on a three-year upgrade cycle Bo is on a two-year upgrade cycle and so we want to know how frequently you upgrade your phone so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you in march thanks everybody bye